Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Welcome to Dice Roll, the gayest Pathfinder podcast on the planet, where yes, I heard questions like, how do I get off serial TikTok? See, I don't know what you can possibly do except for make a bunch of... Well, what if you made a bunch of, like, tabletop TikToks? Everybody leave. You could get no. shadow banned. Yeah, I've tried. <laughs> I've made political TikToks. Then you'll be on nothing, That's talk. easy to do. Okay, I have a story. Mm-hmm. It's very funny. Um, so the other day, uh, I saw Lucky Charms for the first time in a store because we don't usually have them here. <laughs> like, they're they're not an Irish cereal. They're just made with Irish faces on. Uh-huh. But because of the whole, like, Brexit thing, um, imports into the European Union from Britain are now super high. And you know what's not super high in comparison? American imports. So some shops, including my local grocery store, apparently, decide, hey, we're going to stock some novelty American cereal and, you know, see, see what happens. And I was like, oh, shit, we've got we've got we've got Lucky Charms here for the first time. That's so cool. I'm going to take them home and I'm going to do a reaction video. It's like a Victorian child drinking monster. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because you have to understand, we don't have anything that's fucking sugary here. It's it's just cubes of sugar you put in your cereal. It's fucking insane. And you people just eat that shit? No. I ate it all the time as a kid. No, I pick off the marshmallows. I guess? No. Okay. Okay. I didn't like it very much. I mean, yeah, you're right. It's literally just a fucking cube of sugar. Mm-hmm. That's what marshmallow is. I know that's what a marshmallow is. You don't fucking put marshmallows in your food. That's insane. Mm-hmm. Anyway, anyway, the point is, I made this reaction video, and I decided, oh geez, I hope my 100 followers like this. And the TikTok algorithm is like, you know who else would like this? 300,000 middle-aged Americans. And now I don't know what to do to get them to leave. I think you um, should become a review channel. Make political content, then get shadow banned for over a month. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's like half the people I follow. I'm trying! <laughs> I made a TikTok. <laughs> I made a TikTok about Mao Zedong killing the landlords, and all I got was more fucking people in my re- questions asking me to review more cereal. I was like, yeah, Mao Zedong killed a load of people, but you know what? Jesus. Landlords aren't people. And the fuck? It was like, haha, you should try Cap'n Crunch next, smiley face. Please fucking release me from this mortal coil. 
Uh, jump ship, make a new account. <laughs> I'm this fucking close, I'm man. I'm bad for that content. I'm this fucking close. <laughs> Give me your followers, I'll take them. No, bitch. You can have them. <laughs> I have nothing on my page and I will, that, that will stay that way. <laughs> okay, okay. Um, do we want to make some, do we want to play some fucking Pathfinder instead of talking about TikToks forever? Mm-hmm. So... Previously, in Extinction Curse, you are in the Wellspring Tower, one of the uh, ancient towers uh, built by the dead god Iredin to uh, bring life to the Isle of Kortos. Now, with his death, the Aeon Orbs have been slowly sapping away in power. And uh, this one was no different. Where once uh, rivers and lush land had been, now it was just a dried, cracked-up wasteland. Uh, after entering and fucking over some Zilgas and fucking over some robots... Uh, you saw a huge square hole in the ceiling that led to the top, and you're like, that's weird. And uh, you went up that hole. We did go up the hole. Following this, uh, you got to the very top of the tower and found, oh my god, huge machine that seems to be draining um, the life force of the Aeon Orb. Um, Ariato was like, oh no, and Royari was like, oh no, and Volio was like, huh. Anyway. <laughs> damn, that's crazy. Anyway. Yeah. Ariato and Volio Essentially. Damn, who gives a shit? <laughs> yeah. Um, Ariato and Volio <laughs> had a little bit of a tense moment where Ariato put all her cards on the table and told Volio, I know something's up. And Volio almost had a time to uh, reply. Then suddenly a <laughs> crystal ooze came out and tried to kill you. And uh, that, that resolved that. And... Nothing bad is ever going to happen ever again. It's all good. That, the yeah, situation is all smiley face. Nothing happened. Um, following this, you dis- uh, you absorbed the power of the Aeon Orb and got a further portion of the divine energy granted to it by Aradin, this time giving you the reflection of water, the ability to control the water which sustains the Isle of Kortos itself. You guys went home. You looted the Zulgath. Royari got a cool shield. Um, when you went home that night... Volio had a fucked up vision uh, and some sleep paralysis demons, which probably won't ever come back into play ever. Who cares? Who gives a shit? I reiterate my previous statement. <laughs> <laughs> it was crazy. Anyway. As I was saying, um, I think, um, yeah, I think that is where we left off. We can hop into play now. I really hope nothing weird or uncharacteristic happens to any of the party members. Ariato. Hi. That'd be weird. Yeah? <laughs> yeah? <laughs> oh, uh-huh. no! <laughs> there we go. You oh, want to share with yeah, the class? <laughs> Sorry. Okay. <clears throat> Sorry. As I was saying, Ariato. Ariato Bati, you are having a bad dream. Oh, good. To most people, a bad dream isn't really a problem. Obviously, they're unpleasant, but they aren't the end of the world as it was. The reason that this is so strange is that, Ariato, you don't really dream much. As a dream made changeling, the daughter of a night hag. Dreams don't ever really come to you. Whenever you sleep, it is a pure, deep, and all-consuming sleep. And until lately, 
that sleep has been pleasant. It's why you slept in so much. It's why you had... It's why you didn't like the mornings, because you liked, you genuinely liked being asleep. That has changed recently when sleep started to feel like you were being watched by that inky blackness you used to call your home. I think I mentioned before that it feels like sleep itches now. You probably usually sleep only in quick doses whenever you have a chance to, to avoid entering, you know, REM sleep, but that's that's not happening tonight. Because, Ariato, you are full-on dreaming, and it's a strange one. Suspicion. Ariato, you are at the foot of a mountain. Hmm. It's a cold, rocky pass. You can see that much. The mountain is so immensely large that it makes you feel pitifully small. And yet, there's something in you that is tugging you to climb that mountain. To walk up the path that has been left by passerbys in the past. To go to the top. In your head, you just keep hearing the same phrase being repeated in your own voice. Up the path, climb the mountain. Up the path climb the mountain. What do you do? Well, she tells herself that she shouldn't, but she does it anyway. And so you do. (laughs) You climb. You keep climbing. It's a steep path, and you really don't know how anyone could do as, as much as it clearly has been done. But the ground beneath you is worn. Many people have walked this path before. In a way, this place is beautiful, though. As you climb higher, frost starts to tinge the boulders. And snow starts to cake the grass around you. It is the middle of the night and is beautiful. And in your head, still repeating over and over again. Up the path, climb the mountain. Up the path, climb the mountain. On loop on a beat like a children's nursery rhyme like something that's been trained into you since the very day you were born mm-hmm. <laughs> you okay Ritzy? what's wrong? sorry something in my window that jump scared me <laughs> are you okay? I'm good I don't know what it was I think it was a bird Jesus oh my god I was just fucking <laughs> vibing and it scared the shit of me continue <sighs> Oh, that creepy, huh? Ariatu, as you keep climbing the mountain, I have a question to ask you. Does Ariatu have a history of, like, joint pain or back pain? Stiffness? No, she's very flexible. (laughs) Weird, because you're experiencing that now. Oh, good. (laughs) As you keep trekking up this mountain, your movements are becoming sluggish and... Your body is beginning to ache. What do you do about that? I think she stops for a little bit, yeah. 
and inspects herself. Well, the first thing I think you notice when you start inspecting yourself is that your arms didn't used to be that long. Oh, good. Ariata, you come to a stop in the clearing. It is very snowy here. Uh, there's a log to sit on, which you do sit down on, which faces a frozen pool. And you look at your hands. They are wrinkled and old. Your nails are long and chipped and your skin is much less lively than it used to be. The cold is gnawing at the bones inside of you and everything hurts. You feel like you're trapped in the body of an old lady. That icy pool, only feed from you, could serve as an excellent mirror if you so chose to use it. Do you want to look at yourself and see what you've become? I think she already has a feeling <laughs> of what she's becoming. Then what will you do, Ariato? Up the path, climb the mountain? Is that what you'll do? No. <laughs> then where are you going? Uh, turn back. Ariato, you turn back, but, but there's nowhere to go. There is no path down from where you are. There's no way to reverse this progress. You're already so far up the mountain, Ariato. You must keep climbing. The path you came from is gone. All that remains is a second path which only leads higher into the mountain. There is no indication as to how you got here. It just climbs higher and higher and higher into the mountain. And this is where you belong, Ariato. Up the path, climb the mountain. Up the path, climb the mountain. You belong here. And as you reflect on this, Ariato, you hear a noise, a loud, shrill cackle, welcoming you home. Then you wake up with a start. Well, she inspects everything. You are standing in the middle of a forest clearing. Oh, what the fuck? It is the middle of the night. You don't know how you got here. You are in your sleepwear. It looks like it's entirely possible that you straight up slept walked out here. But you have never done that before. Oh, perfect. Nariato, as you stand there, you try to gather your bearings and figure out where you are. You realize you must be quite away from the caravans because there is no way you are like you are. You cannot hear or see any lantern light at all. And as you look around, you realize something with a sinking feeling as you look out at the horizon beyond the glade. Out on the horizon, you see a mountain. And there's something so dreadfully familiar about it. Same mountain? Not just the same mountain. Ariata, you know that mountain. That's Arslant Mox, the tallest mountain in the Kortos mountain range. The tallest peak in the Kortos mountains. And according to the legend, where the throne of Aradin was situated mountain that you'll one day need to climb in order to save the Aeon Orbs. Nariato, as you stare at Arslan, Mox, does visions and his dreams still fresh in your head, something horrible occurs to you. If your mother is on that mountain, then what the fuck is going on around here? 
Good. Good. This is something that she wants to deal with in the morning. You probably stand there for a few minutes and you do realize after a few moments, though, um, your nails have gotten a few inches longer and your hair is a little bit shaggier and longer, too. Nothing irreversible, but certainly a lot more gross than is normal within a few hours. She takes out the file from her from her uh, pouch. Sorry, Otto, what do you do? Well, it's 4 a.m. Can she still see the stars? You can indeed. You are in the countryside, so it is a very clear night. Well, she figures out what way is north. All right, uh, Ariato, do you want to make me a survival check to find your way home by locating the North Star, doing hmm, har, and going from there? Rolls in that one. Uh, survival. This day. You roll in that one and get eaten by wolves, making you character. <laughs> Untrained improvisation. Okay. Uh, 26. Okay, super easy. You actually don't have to look at the stars for super long. After following it for a few moments, you find a trail that you left that fucking just crumbles through the underbrush and is travels in a straight line for a while, directly away from the mountain. You, This is where you came from, for sure. Well, she starts heading that way. Hmm. Ariato, as you are walking, you've... Boy, that was fucked up, huh? Yeah. How are you doing? Uh, pretty shaken up. Probably still messing with her nails. It's not really easy. They're very long. Yeah. Uh, generally not great. <laughs> and... <sighs> Before anything else, I want to say that I think Ariato is a dear sweet girl who deserves our break, but unfortunately, life ain't fair. Um, Ariato, you see some shit when you get back to the caravans. Ah, okay. Does it fucking end? You hear a quiet but distinct noise. The creaking of wooden planks that are being pried apart. In the dim illumination of the circus's nightlight, in the dim illumination of the circus's night lamps, Figures are visibly crouched near the wagon that holds the circus's funds. One is working at the rear hatch with a pry bar while three others skulk nearby. And Ariato, as you listen, you realize that these aren't bandits or murderers. These are... children. Children? They all look to be about, like, teenagers, about 15 to... 17 years old? I was about to say, what? Am I about to beat some kids up? Like, no, what's going no, on here? No, you aren't going to kill yeah. any children. I swear to God, no. Yay! Regardless, Ariato, you do see that they are teenagers. Um, four of them. One of them is trying to break open where you keep your money. Two of them are kind of keeping watch, quote unquote. But the last one is writing graffiti in big red paint on the side of Bardolph's wagon. And Ariato, it's three words you, that just really are viscerally upsetting to you. Mm-hmm. In big red letters, it reads, 
Go home, freaks. They're kind of giggling and having fun with each other. What do you do? So they're not like really paying attention, are they? Uh, <laughs> nope. They don't seem to be, at least. Um, one of them, uh, she's a, she looks like 16, hair in a, hair in a like ponytail and kind of like a, a rough look around her. She's the one who is uh, writing uh, on the side of the wagon in red. Um, then other than her, it's three guys. Um, a tall guy and a squat guy are the ones who are quote unquote keeping watch. Uh, other than them, the only other guy is uh, currently crowbarring the back of one of the wagons as quietly as he can. Um, all you can really hear for them is some <laughs> as they are vandalizing your work. Well, time to mess with some teenagers. <laughs> what do you do? There's two of them that are uh, going through their stuff. Two of them keeping watch, quote unquote. One of them graffitiing on the side of Baradoff's wagon and one of them trying to pry open the back of where you keep the uh, cash lockbox. I think she's going to get... Pretty close. She's going to stand um, away from them with her uh, behind one of the other cabins, and she's going to cast a message. Oh, my God. On the leader. OK, uh, on the girl who's doing the painting. Got it. Um, What do you say to her? You know it's impolite to steal, right? Uh, she hears that, and I think she, like, lets her... Ha! And she, like, whips around, and I think she's going to look around and see if she can see you. Uh, she doesn't. It's too dark. She looks around and kind of surveys the place, and I think one of the guys, uh, the squat guys, is... Manila, what's wrong? Manila, what's wrong? And she turns back to uh, the guy and kind of grunts it. Did you, did you hear something? No. Uh, the others all kind of shake their head. And she's like, I could have sworn I heard someone talking. This is scary. Very <laughs> out of scary. Then I think she targets the one that she was just talking to. Uh-huh. Uh, what did you say this time? I said it's impolite to steal. Didn't you hear me? Uh, he bolts. Like he, he bolts up and he looks around and says, Okay, I heard it that time. I heard it that time. And uh, this girl, Acilia, you think her name was? Uh, she like looks around feverishly, like an actual panic in her eyes. And... Um, Okay, this time she sees you, and when she does, she screams, and she points at you and shouts, It's a hag! And she turns and she bolts, and the others see you too, and all of them scream in actual horror at you, standing there in the darkness, and they leave everything behind. Like, they are getting the fuck out of there. They are terrified of you, Ariato. I think she just stands there for a second. 
and uses control water on the ground that she's standing on and looks down. Ariato, you peer at your own reflection. And what you see is much worse than seeing the face of a crone looking back at you. You see yourself, Ariato. You see yourself. You scared these kids. You terrorized them. And you loved it. It made you feel stronger. It made you feel powerful. You loved scaring them, didn't you? I think she just... tries to shake it off, but she knows that she can't. And she just walks up to the cabin that they tried to steal from and just starts cleaning up. Just without a second thought, and her face is just neutral. Ariato Bati, you've had a very interesting night. Though interesting might not be the best way to describe it. Yeah, sure fucking is. Probably work for a few hours, it's kind of a mess. Um, do you tell anyone about this? Oh yeah, the first person that wakes up, she's like, Hey, uh, just so you know, if you hear any teenagers by the names of insert names here, because I completely forgot, um, yeah, they tried to steal from us. <laughs> I think it's Mordain, and I think Mordain looks at you with, like, fucking tired eyes, and she's like, fucking children. She glances at the um, mess that you've cleaned and kind of like sighs dramatically and says, I'm sorry you had to go through that area too. I really, I absolutely despise teenagers. I have never met one that is worth you. Know, like. Oh, oh my God. No, <laughs> I'm so sorry. I mean, <laughs> I'm like that weird sort of no, I in know. between of like. I still have teen in the last part of my age. But I'm I, I also like <laughs> not a teenager. I, I don't know. Like I technically mean, I should I be an adult, you. but I'm not. <laughs> Ayato, I didn't mean You're you. I'm okay. so sorry. <laughs> oh my gosh. She kind of pauses eventually and looks at you and says, Ariato, are you feeling alright? You look um very tired. I didn't get a lot of rest and I heard um, what was going on close by so I just took care of it with just her around I think she acts a little bit more mature than you're used to and she looks at you and says you know you can come to me if you need to talk Ariato we are family I see you like a little sister is something on your mind are you having boy problems no, 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 no. Girl problems? No, no. Non-binary problems? No. <laughs> Very fair problems? No. Shut up. If you ever need help, 
area to wit that kind of thing. Trust me, I am very experienced with it. <laughs> that Royari, they are very good in bed. <laughs> oh, believe me, I, I, I believe you. Jokes about your two favorite promiscuous circus members aside, Ariato. Uh, she kind of leans back. I'm on my way to go find a hill to do some calisthenics under the sun for. It's a great way to uh, warm up the body for the day and get ready for whatever challenges are ahead on the road. Do you want to join me? I think you could use it. I think that'd be nice. Ariato, as you leave with Mordain to do some stretches to get you ready for the day and forget about the encounter before the sun starts to rise on the Selwyn Hills. You've traveled now from Mattencleave back over the river and past Carrick from whence you came and towards Castin Lee once again. And you are level 10. Halfway to 20, baby. Yes. Woo! So you got some cool shit. Why don't you tell us what you got? Uh, her ability scores are higher now. Mm-hmm. Thank goodness. Um, mm. <laughs> she got some new feats. Oh, yeah? One of them is... Actually, two of them. Both of them are actually very nice. Yeah? What do you get? Would you like me to say? Yeah, I'm so fucking scared. Tell me. Well, uh... She got quick in casting. Uh huh. <laughs> okay. Tell us about quick in casting. Uh, in a mentally strenuous process, you modify your casting spells to take less time. If your next action is to cast a sorcerer cantrip or sorcerer spell that is at least two levels lower than what I currently can do, so like level three and below, uh. It's one action. Oh my god, you're telling me you can cast fireballs one action? <laughs> I'm bossing. Once per day, but still. <laughs> my bosses! <laughs> my bosses! Uh, well, she also got battle medicine. And one of okay, that's good. Yeah, we're uh, well, useful. Yeah. Uh, that's and, a good oh, thing. I forgot to put it on my character sheet, but I also got one of the oracle spell uh, oracle feats, which was uh huh, uh -huh. vision of weakness. <laughs> okay, every time you level up, I go through this fucking mental anguish. I know about vision of weakness. I've had another player play an oracle, and I know all about Vision of Weakness. Hit us, KK. What does Vision of Weakness do? Well, uh, now we don't really have to make spell. We don't really have to use rolls. Ariato could just call upon divine insights to single out a foe's weak points. <laughs> and I get and I get the Vision of Weakness revelation spell. Ha ha, Derry. Ha ha. My life is hell. I've, um, I've dealt with Vision of Weakness on our offline game with another player. And, uh, you focus your gaze on a creature and gain a flash of divine insight into its nature. If the creature has any weakness, you learn it as well as which of its tree saves are lowest. And then you get a plus two on your next attack roll. 
or skill check if it's part of an attack action before the end of your turn. It's strong. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, Derek. Hey, Derek. Vision of weakness is one action. Uh You already hit stuff while you're trying, and you're a fucking sorcerer. What is happening to my game? (laughs) Tink, that's you leveled up? Yep. Uh, Volio, how are you doing this fine Moonday morning? Uh, the sun is rising. Everyone is like getting ready. There's like breakfast is being cooked. What are you up to? Um, I think that he's just again roaming around asking if anyone wants any help. Uh, maybe talking to people, you know, nothing wrong. Mm-hmm. So like he's just I mean you did have a you had a you had a fun nightmare last night didn't you no he didn't that didn't happen didn't happen it didn't happen you can't prove it did okay no just checking so it didn't happen he's perfectly fine he's he's perfectly fine nothing happened he's okay and everything's fine and it's good okay I think that fools most people (laughs) (laughs) um but I think halfway through like you just being a nuisance Kind of like, aha, uh-huh, actually, your form needs work. Oh, sorry, <laughs> Mr. Volio. Um, I think eventually you feel like a tug on your on your pants leg. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's the Dwarven Showers. Ah. And they they kind of wave at you one by one. Hello. Uh, I'm here. Then they, uh, they uh, glance at each other and uh, they all throw a tum over their shoulder, uh, pointing back at their wagon. Did you need something there? Did you want to talk? They all nod. They all nod. All right. Talk. Like these guys ever fucking talk. (laughs) Yeah. Well, maybe maybe they'll like write something down. I don't know. Uh, So he he makes his way over to their like little wagon. Okay. Uh, You make your way towards the wagon. Um, It is painted. Jauntily. Okay. Uh, It is painted um, in like beautiful, uh, like pictures of dwarves just being thrown through the sky. It's it's very, very not not straight. Um, <laughs> you kind of like enter and uh, you all like you sit down. Uh, it's cluttered in here. Um, lots and lots of keepsakes from different parts of the world. Um, kind of makes you wonder like what these guys story is. Yeah. Um, there are tre- like to remind you, there are three of them. Uh, one has like a red beard, one has like a darker, like rusty beard, and one has like a very like uh, more mousy blonde, nearly. Mm-hmm. Um, they all take off their aviators goggles, leaving them as just three very similar-looking dwarves, in um, like with very similar fashion styles, which is to say, greasy gray tank tops and uh, like dark gray overalls. Uh, heavy boots, you know, fingerless gloves, the kind of thing. Mm. They are, they're very diff- difficult to tell apart aside from their, like, beard color. Um, red beard, uh, kind of like, you actually also don't know their names. They've never told you. They yeah, that, that, Volu, like, realizes this as he's, like, sitting in their fucking wagon slowly that he knows fucking nothing about any of them. Yeah, I mean, I don't think anyone does. Um, he's, red like, beard is, quote like, unquote, known them for years, but he doesn't know shit. <laughs> and yeah. Um, you know they're the Dwarven Trawlers, smiley face. Yeah. Um, Works for me. 
Redbeard is boiling a kettle over like a little stove. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, he kind of glances over his shoulder and is like, Do you take one sugar with your coffees or two? Mm, yes, three. Wait, what did you just fucking say? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they fucking spoke to you. Thank you. <laughs> uh, you, I saw. But you talk. You can talk. Sometimes. So, ah, okay. Yes. Um. Sorry, you caught me off guard. I did not know you could. The uh, darker bearded one. And like leans back against the wall and is like, Oh, yes, we don't quite like letting people know is the thing. Rather keep to ourselves, as it were, very introverted. Fucking different accent. That brings up another question, and he's like, Oh, the. What's uh, the occasion, then? Um, Maxi Beard. And like, uh, that? He, like, he's the one who ends up pouring this coffee when it's uh, ready. He's made a nice blend of dwarven uh, like coffee beans mm-hmm. um, and he kind of nods and says, oh, we just wanted to check up on you is all. I'm sorry, hold on, you all said are you not related? Like, are you <laughs> yeah. like, they, they kind of like all one by one turn to stare at you and like one by one put their hands on their hips and I do I not mean it's... to be insensitive <laughs> but I thought you were related <laughs> Dark, dark beard uh, here kind of like raises an eyebrow and he's like, Why, well, you would think that, wouldn't you, elf? Oh, no, 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 no. I, I, I mean, I am half elf, but everyone here is kind of a family act, so I sort of just guessed that you were too. Well, we are a family in the, to an extent. How do you mean? We're lovers. They're lovers. They're they're I'm so happy for you. They're a polycule? <laughs> Fair. Yes, 40 years married, a lot of us. Not that anyone ever thinks to ask. I... Got matching clan daggers made and everything, but no. No one ever comes and talks to the dwarven trolls just because we're nice and quiet. Uh we are very quiet is the only thing. I'm happy for you. I. That's such good news to know. I'm happy that I know now. Oh my goodness. <laughs> um, you will not tell anyone, yes? Of course not. You think I'm a very, snitch? Very, very private people. Yes, yes. I would not sell your information for anything. The very fact that you are in here is most to show that we respect you, Mr. Bimbo. Well, thank you. I'm very flattered. Um. I think they kind of sit you down like you, you've got- it's a nice fucking cup of coffee is the thing. Okay, he takes a sip, he's like, ooh. Coffee is not super common in this part of the world, and as you're kind of looking around at all these stuff and they're like very varied accents and like, you're starting to wonder like, Jesus, how far around the world are these guys? Mm-hmm. Um, I think, um, Middlebeard? Uh, kind of like sits down um, eventually you do find out that like 
you find out like like enough about them. Yes, they are very traveled, and yes, they are like they are a poly couple of dwarves who have been married for a long, long time. Um, fucking good for them. Um, they let you know their actual names, or at least you think maybe. The fact it's- that their names are Ganeshan, Raishan, and Buraishan makes you think potentially lying to you about that. It's no fucking way. Volio is like. He's not like doubting them, but at the same time, he's like, are you fucking sure? Um. But it's nice to know that they have names, because Volio always just kind of like referred to them as one, two, and three in his head. <laughs> R- Rusty Beard is Buraishan. Uh, Red Beard is Ganeshan. And uh, Mousy Beard is Urashan. Mm. Okay. I'll um, remember this for sure. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure you will. Um, <laughs> but to continue referring to them as a unit, um, I think for a while they're kind of like sitting down or, you know, just kind of talking to you. You get the feeling that this is a welfare check. Yeah, like halfway through, he, he like kind of gets that feeling and he's like holding the cup with like two hands and he's almost like sinking into the couch a little bit not purposefully trying to look uncomfortable but it's he's definitely like visibly like okay all right um and i think he pipes up eventually he's like um there's a, is there a reason you called me in here or was it just to talk i i love talking to you by the way uh, i'm not complaining um, it's very lovely, and I'm glad that uh, we can finally talk after all these years. This is the most talking you'll do with us for a while. Get used to it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Got it. Uh, I think they're all kind of like, they sit. And I think uh, Ganeshan is kind of like, Mr. Bimbo, you are... Us three know the face of the man you are wearing. You, Mr. Bimbo, are lonely. Is that correct? feel no I have two handsome husbands <laughs> go everywhere with me <laughs> and again I'm um, very happy for you I think um, Burashin kind of like strokes his beard as well and coughs and says you talk a lot about not knowing anything about us but I don't reckon anyone knows much more about us than they know about you Mr. Bimbo do you have family of course I do Sasukis is my family you know what we're talking about. You have mother, father, siblings. Is there a Mr. Bimbo? Do you have anything? Again, like I said, the circus is my family. Ah, we are doing the bitch ass liar thing, okay. Anyway, <laughs> that's fine. Okay. We can we can help you if you open up to us, but we are not mind readers, we are acrobats. Listen, um, hold on. like, I'm a little bit of mind reader. What number am I thinking of? Red. Oh shit, you caught me. Damn, <laughs> he's good. Um, kind of like slumps a little bit and he's like, Well, yes, um, to be perfectly honest it's not really our business we just you know wanted to offer sometimes it's the quiet ones who need the most help as it were goodness knows all of us know that so if you ever do need to talk mr bimbo we are here for you 
I appreciate it, but uh, I do not see a reason to do such a thing. I'm perfectly fine. Again, bitch ass liar. He's alright. I never said anything about lying. And I think with that, Volio, uh, they kind of like let up a little bit and just go back to being a little quieter again. Um, not like immediately, but like slowly they mm-hmm. start saying less and less uh, and start pantomiming more and more until the very end they are dead silent and just like, you know, flashing smiles and throwing stuff to each other and uh, in, in sync moving. Mm-hmm. And I think that's them, you know, stepping back and giving you a little space if you need to be comfortable. Volu, as you sit here with your cup of coffee and uh, the Dwarven Trowers uh, offer you somewhere to go if you need it. You are now level 10. What the fuck is up with that? What the fuck is up with that? Uh, well, I took some new things. Uh, mm-hmm. Two of which I'm going to keep completely secret. One of which I got, like, last fucking level, but I'm still going to keep it secret. And then, of course, I got Reflection of Water from, you know, that. Uh, yeah, you, you sure did, huh? I sure did get that. Uh, now, now doing the little funny uh, clown flower thing where you squirt someone in the face, a lot easier. So much easier. <laughs> mm-hmm. Very good. So much simpler. Um, I think that's all I got. No, you definitely got more stuff. I did? Shit. Yeah, you got, like, class feats, skill feats. And for skill feats, I got Charming Liar, because I'm just really good at it. That's fair. Okay. Yeah, well, evidently, (laughs) I fucking guess. Um, This lets you use deception um, to uh, make people nicer to you. Yeah, feels nice. Which is... Very fucking funny. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, is that you, Volio? Yep, pretty much everything else is a secret. Okay. Terrifying, but let's go. Okay. Royari. Hello. Volio had a sleep paralysis demon. Ariato went for a midnight walk. And Royari, in the middle of the night, you were also woken up. Mm-hmm. By your sword. Mm-hmm. Floating. Yes. And glowing. Yeah. And letting out a very quiet hum. What did you do about that? Um, what happened was Rayari like woke up because there was glowing and stuff and it was just, you know, it's you'd wake up because it's like a bright light and weird humming. Uh, and then Rayari sits there just like, Oh, hello there? Just and, stays there glowing. Um, Rayari stands there, or not stands there, like, uh, is sitting like up in bed for a minute, trying to see if like, he'll do anything. Um, it doesn't, it floats there. But then after a bit, um, Rayari's like, Um... Okay. Uh, and then goes back to sleep. <laughs> uh, Royer, you wake up. It's the morning. It's still there. Uh, uh, uh. Why are you still there? Royer, um, after a moment, um, it's like, 
Let's leave it for the morning, and it is the morning now. Mm-hmm. Um, and Rari goes out to uh, grab their sword to go maybe ask their family about what the heck's going on. The second you grab the sword, it returns to normal. Now what the hell is the... Okay. Rari leaves. Okay. Uh, are you going to the family? Mm-hmm. Maria, as you're going, you wonder, your family said they were coming here to help Glinda get, like, an education. They're still here. They didn't go back to Eskadar afterwards. That's true. Anyway, that being aside, um, do you go uh, in to say hello to them? Yes. Yes, I do. Uh, Rare, you knock on the door and you hear three collective groans. <sighs> I'm very sorry, it's me. Uh, what time is it? Who's there? Go away. It's, it is your darling Rayari. And I'm very sorry for bothering you, but I really need to ask you a question. Um, Ulrich, uh, Ulrich Weem opens the door. Um, they're all still in their pajamas, all looking very very tired. Um, Larija kind of rubs her eye. She's like, Oh, what time is it? Is it... Is it already time to get up? It's like 10 a.m. at this point. You are... It's like 10 a.m. I don't wake up early. There's some discontent grumbling before Ulrich's like, Well, you can come in, Royari. Oh... Oh, you, can you pass me my ointments? I need them for my arthritis. Alright. Rayari <laughs> helps them out. Um, after you guys, uh, you know, prepare a little bit, eventually, uh, Ulrich is like, So, what what did you come here for? What's, what's new, as it were? Yes, well, the thing is, so, you know the rapier that you guys, um, like, enchanted made for me, right? Do you remember the kind of sorcerer? Of course I did. Took up hours of my important time to make that. I woke up in the middle of the night. I was, like, I, I, I was having my beauty sleep, and then I wake up, and my sword is floating in the middle of my fucking room, glowing. They all, their jaws all drop at once. Um, and I was like, it's like two in the morning. I'm too sleepy for this. And then I went back to sleep and it was still doing that when I woke up. They all stare. And I think Ulrich kind of like appears his throat and says, Royari, I believe that was a divine ally. A divine ally? Uh, a spirit of Iomide, um, one of her holy ghosts, as it were, has blessed your sword and offered its servitude to you. Really? Um, I think even Origin looks really surprised, like... My goodness. Royari, that's... This is incredible news. I know, I know, I'm quite amazing. What? Larija kind of, like, gives you a side hug and she's like, So proud of you, Royari, even though you aren't intending it. You are carrying out that prophecy to bring the light of Arden back to a T. You're becoming a holy champion oh, well. of him as... Every other incarnation of Sansarnax ever has. Well, I'm actually quite literally a holy champion of Iomade. Um, that is Iomade, not <sighs> the closest you can get to being a champion of Aroden. 
She is the inheritor and everything, and she follows his doctrine and carries out his will as a former saint of the man. Well, I mean, she's pretty different. How different can she be? She's a a former saint, Royari. She she was a divine champion of Aridin, you must remember. That is true. I like the differences Naomi has to Aridin. I wouldn't worship her if she was the exact same as Aridin. I think there's a pause there when you say that, and Lorik says, Is there something wrong with... Rier, you must remember that ultimately you are a servant not to Aridin, as it were, but to his memory. The prophecy that of Saint Sarnax has always been that one day one of one of his reincarnations would come back and bring the light of Aridin back to Galarian. Well, I, I don't mind bringing back the light of like his memory and stuff, but he's. He's not. He's. I've told you this before when I was like seven, but he's kind of stuffy. All of them gasp. What? You are fully aware that I'm completely different than you. And I don't not appreciate the things that he's done. I literally live here. And if I didn't, that would be bad. But he's also not perfect. There's like. There's a little bit of silence, and I. Think Lorija clears her throat. I would have hoped that seeing his work firsthand would have shown you how important he was to, to humanity. Oh, I'm not saying that he wasn't important. I know that he's important. If it hadn't been for Aridin, there wouldn't have been the Isle of Cortos. If it hadn't been for Aridin, there wouldn't have been the Aeon Orbs. I know that. And I'm not saying that he isn't an important part of our history and an important part of why the why I have a home. But? But I also don't know if he's somebody that I would have worshipped if it was just him. Why not? Well, first of all, I I don't know if you've noticed, but I dress like this every day for a reason. Um, (laughs) But I also... The reason... That I like Ayomare is that she focuses on like righteousness and justice and the sense of like community and good and blah 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 things like that. I do you remember the Shuni? How could we not? The Shuni are one of Arden's many blessings to Galarian. Origin kind of oh, eyes. That they are blessings. They are perfect, and I love them. Um. We were speaking to them, me and my um, friends, and they seem dead set on the idea that Aridin is coming back. Like, dead set on it. There's a few moments of silence, and I think Ulrich kind of coughs and says, Well, that's, that's on them to decide as a culture if they want to believe that. Aridin didn't come back even when he was alive. The tension in the room very quickly thickens. Um, Rayari pauses and is like, I don't mean that he's bad or that he's a bad or that he was a bad person. I'm not trying to speak ill will of him. But they were there for they've been there since he made them. And they've been waiting all that time. And no one is 
come back for them. Obviously, they're fine as is. They're, they can live their entire lives and never actually and and never actually need to worry about Erdin coming back. But the fact is that they really think that he's coming back for them, and that feels wrong. That they're there now, waiting for generations for somebody to come back to them that isn't. Even if he was alive, I don't know if he would go back to them. He clearly hadn't before. And that just feels weird to me. And it doesn't... I don't know if I stand for something like that. Ooh. Um, I think that tension, like, very quickly rips over the caravan again. Um, Lorayu doesn't really say anything, but she looks very sad. Uh, I think Ulrich's face is unreadable, which is unusual for him. Uh, Orshan's very obviously not happy. And <laughs> yeah. he kind of like grits his teeth a little bit and says, I don't think you understand, Royari. Your personal feelings on this don't bloody matter, as it were. You can have your thoughts and opinions on whether or not Aradin's like, personal ideals or uh, actions line up to what you would have done, but you were not there. You are not Aradin. You cannot make a judgment call on what he did aeons ago because he was our god. He was the reason that this land we stand on even exists. It is, uh, is not on someone thousands of years later to decide whether or not he was righteous in doing so or not. Am I not allowed to have feelings on that? If you ask me, no. You should be perfectly unbiased in doing your duty of destiny and bringing back what St. Sarnak set out to do centuries upon centuries ago. You are not... I hate to put it this way, Royari, but you are not special. You are simply the latest in a long line of doing what has been asked of St. Sarnax and ultimately bringing glory to Arden in a day of darkness. Well, maybe I want to be special. Maybe I want to be different, and maybe I don't like what Aradin has been... But I'm not saying that I don't want to help Galarian, and I don't want to help the Isle of Kortos. I clearly am doing that for a reason. I am not going to not. But I'm not just another person in a long line of reincarnations. I'm not just another person. I like being different, and I like being special. You can't tell me that I'm not different and that I'm not special, that I'm just going to do what what Aridin wants, because I can choose. I can do whatever I want. I'm doing it because I want to. I just feel weird about some of the things that he's done, and I feel like I should be allowed to have an opinion on that, especially because I am doing something for him. If I'm not allowed to have an opinion when I'm doing something for this the memory of this man this god that died a hundred years ago am I not allowed to have that? There's another moment of silence where Orson says honestly no, I don't think so Royari, you listen to me here I'm listening You aren't You are just another person in a long long line of reincarnations and you bloody well know what if you aren't going to sit down and do what you're meant to do then maybe the next life after you will 
maybe the next life after you won't be so goddamn picky. So either get glory and do what you're meant to do, or fade into worthlessness like the rest of the other bloody faces of uh, St. Sarnax who couldn't do it themselves. Well, maybe I thought that my family would understand. I think when you say that, I think Laraja stands us in Sorgen. You should sit down. Ray, would you like to go for a walk for a little while? Yes, I would. Sorgen kind of looks very sheepish for a moment, um, and he sits, and Laraja walks out with you. And I generally don't think she... I generally don't think she, like, talks about any of what just happened. Mm-hmm. But I think she does hold your hand and tell you how much you loved watching that last performance you did. I think Gray appreciates that. Fuck this guy. Before we go into leveling, uh, doing the level up, god fucking damn. <laughs> I've been playing the whole time. We like so. that. Holy shit. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, okay. Royari, you are level 10. Uh, what the fuck is up? Um, obviously, I raised ability scores. I've got fucking, I've got 20 decks now. 19 charisma. I'm this close to just kicking ass. Um, okay. Uh, I got a diplomacy skill feat. I got shameless request. Mm-hmm. And that means that sometimes when I just want, when Royari just wants something... When Rayari just wants to, like, ask for something ridiculous, like, I don't know, asking for, like, a 75% off discount on something that is crazy expensive, I can, I can, um, reduce the DC, um, increases for making an outrageous request by two, and, um, if I get a crit fail, it's just a fail. Um, while this means... Like, that, they'll never be reduced. Their attitude won't ever be, like, reduced so hard that they'd, like... Throw you out. They, like, that. yeah. They can get tired of listening to you, but they'll still have a positive attitude. It, it's more like, I can't deal with this today. I still love you, though, but I can't deal with this today. Oh. Instead of, like, fuck off. You know? <laughs> Very good. What else you got? Um... My class feats. I got an. I obviously got divine ally mm-hmm. from my archetype. Yeah. Uh, what's that do? Um, that is when a spirit of battle um is like it um it's like it's not haunting my sword, but it's mm-hmm. haunting my sword. Um, this gets. Uh, I get a. I get to pick. Uh, a mm-hmm. rune, essentially, and like a, I need I get to pick like a rune that just like it, it does an extra thing. Um, I can pick um, disrupting, ghost touch, returning, or shifting. I will probably never use shifting. I mm-hmm. don't like other weapons. But I think the one <laughs> but, we said um, you're gonna have by default is ghost touch, unless you prepare something else, which means that you'll yeah. be able to fuck up ghost really yeah. quick. Um, yeah, assume it's ghost touch unless I say otherwise. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah. And yeah, that's what I got for my archetype because I'm epic. And then I also got um, a 10th level feat for. Um, yeah. For Swashbuckler. And I got, dar- yeah. I got Daring Do. I like that name. I like that What's feat. Daring it's do very do? fun. <laughs> um, 
<laughs> All right. Um, when I have panache, um, I can roll twice and use the higher result on checks that have to do with like my swashbuckler stuff, like tumble through and then like diplomacy. So like if I'm if we're in the middle of a fight and I have panache and there's somebody that I can like I can I can smell the redeemable on them I can I I, I can have an easier time talking them down mm-hmm. like that kind of thing I love it and that's what I got mm-hmm. it is very good dice will roll will return after these messages do you want to make a podcast but you're just not sure where to start do what we did and try out Anchor.fm. Anchor is the easiest way to make a podcast. For one thing, it's free. There's also tons of uh, creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. It'll distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and even some places I've never even heard of. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. So yeah, you want to make a show? Go for it. Download the free Anchor app today, or go to Anchor FM to get started. We now return to Dice Will Roll. After a little bit of you guys, you know, having breakfast, Ariato does her stretches, Volio has his uh, good, good talk with the Dwarven Shores, and Royari has their morning uh, service, prayer service with the family, we'll say. I think Elion kind of like jogs up to you. Um, Elion is in her beastkin form now. Uh, she is a bat person. By the way, super cool of Paizo to give us literally the exact kind of ancestry <laughs> that Elion is. Um, Elion is a bat beastkin, which means that yes, originally she was a bat, but uh, was turned to be a humanoid creature through magic. There are literally rules to play Elion now, which is crazy. There are other kinds of beastkin, uh, the children of lycanthropes, for example, or uh, people who have become more animal-like, or just uh, races of half-animal, half-human hybrids that you might find all around the world. Uh, shark people, lion people, etc., etc. If they're half-half, um, you're going to find a beastkin for it somewhere out there. Um, but Elion is this kind. Um, but Elion comes up to you in her uh, Batgirl form, ears flicking a little bit um, and kind of twisting different directions as she walks up to you and uh, eyes sparkle as she, you know, comes up to all three of you and smiles and says, The professor says that he's ready to get on the road. Um, are you guys ready to make your way into Caston Lee? Sounds good. Yes, yes, of course. All right. Off to go seduce. Oh Say hello to the mayor. Yes. Yeah. Going to fuck this fun? Yes! Ariato! Let's uh-huh. go say hello right. to the mayor. Cool. Volio, uh, you you remember um, seeing Royari was hanging out quite a bit with Mayor Lirishai back in Matt and Cleave. Like, more than the rest of you. Makes you tink. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, he Volio, did. Volio prays that this one isn't a milf or a dilf. Or a dilf. Low and broken slopes with thick brambles and undergrowths, and stunted scrub oaks and other trees which pull from the ground. As you make your way through past those, it's a swampier area for a while, with lots of boggy peat land, but then once you get past that, over one of the final hills, you see Castanley itself, and it is beautiful. 
It resides on rocky ground where the hills converge into the rolling lands of the Swordland's central plain. So you don't see as many fields and crops here, but what you do see are the beautiful orchards that frame it from all sides. They must thrive here in the alkaline soil. There's massive crops of apples, peaches, pecans, pears. It is gorgeous. As you move your wagons through a little path, which makes its way through the trees, you can see the town itself. The gate of the town swinging open for you as you may approach, uh, with a beautiful heraldry of fruit in baskets welcoming you to the town of Castanley. It's no wonder they call Castanley the apple capital of the inner sea. No one grows an apple like the Castanley Crisp. It's a perfect little place for a bunch of fruits like you guys. You know the drill by now. Uh, once you get into the town, you gotta let the mayor know that you are here so that you can get some land and uh, figure out when your first performance is going to be. Start purchasing some posters, etc., etc. Uh, do you guys want to get to that and start, uh, you know... Okay, wonderful. Uh, Castanley, when you get in and, like, you park your wagons on the edge of town, um, it's much more urban than some of the other towns that you've made your way through. Uh, there are cobblestone roads which lead around. Uh, beautiful, I would say, like, Northwest European um, buildings, kind of like uh, Germanic in, na- uh, in architecture, if that makes sense. Um, lots of wood and plaster. It is very pretty. Um, you see taverns which are selling juice predominantly and um, alcohol secondarily. Um, you see fresh fruit markets and uh, like other vegetable crops which are being sold fresh on the streets. You pass by Gertie Gold Pockets, Gold Pockets Emporium, and on your way towards the uh, town hall, and you uh, see that it's. I'm sorry? Yeah, Gertie Gold Pockets, Gold Pockets Emporium, established 4719. It's on Main Street. Um, that being said, the mayor's place hold is... On, hold on, hold on, hold on, whoa, 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 He okay, fucking stops dead happened? in his tracks and he stops Ariato and Royari too. We're going to the mayor. He's got like a dark shadow over his face like you've seen in anime. <laughs> Royari's like, you've got a dark shadow on your face. What are we doing? He doesn't even stopping? say anything. He just like grabs the top of their heads and he like, he, he, he like points them towards Didn't Gertie's say shop. that she would probably come here? She did say that. I'm not accepting it. I'm not accepting it. I am fascinated by her ability to just set up everywhere. At this point, I'm not even mad about it. And a little confused, not gonna lie. I'm just amazed that she's able to do this. I want to know, but she won't tell us, and I'm very upset about it. I too would like to know. I don't think she's going to ask if you just come in and barge in and start threatening her. It certainly didn't work last time. I did not threaten her, I made a promise. Okay, Volio. What if we just don't go in? What if we ignore her? Maybe she'll go over. Well, uh... She really won't. She's going to show up in the next town that we go to and... But what if she does? Fine. We cannot go I... into this one. I did say that. We're not going in. I hope we don't need to buy anything else. Briary <laughs> writes, r- like, writes down on a small note. Remember to go to Dirty <laughs> Gold Pockets alone, not with Olio. Well, that was fucked up. Do you guys want to go to the mayor's office like you said you were gonna, or... 
Yes. I'm walking fast. Well, you walk past Goldie Girl Pockets, Girl Pockets before it was established 4719. She said she was going to be here. I don't know what you're expecting. Um, you walk past it. To, to be fair to Ritz, though, she said she okay. may or may okay. not. She could switch. To quote the beginning of the episode, damn, that's crazy. Anyway. She said that she was probably going to change her mind. Evidently, she didn't. Evidently, she didn't. Let's just go. Yeah. <laughs> So you guys uh, enter the mayor's office. Working at the front desk, there's an old lady, uh, her hair in a bun. Um, and I'm going to sneeze again, aren't I? <coughs> oh my god. Okay. Bless you. <clears throat> uh, Sneezy. Working at the front desk, there's an old lady. Uh, she's got tick tick lenses. And um, she is deep at work. And uh, she's kind of like going at like like writing something when you enter, and she doesn't really bring her head up. Well, kind of strides up to the counter, uh, and he like he slides his like long black nails against like the top of it. And he's like uh, a tip tapping on it. He's like, "Hello, here to see the mayor." <laughs> um, I think she kind of looks up at you, and uh, she kind of squints and says, "Oh, are, you must be Mister." Bimbo Bottom Text a Clown. It is my clown name, yes. Uh, well, we've, uh, uh, Mayor Krags has been, um, expecting you. Um, would you like to, oh? would you like to, uh, come out back with us? He's hard at work. Oh, yes, sure. yes, sure, sir, man. Um, you're all kind of, like, taken out to the back, and, uh, you see that there is a um, there is a uh, little like orchard patch um, mm. and you guess this must be like owned by the uh, mayor itself maybe for, used for public events um, and coming down uh, a ladder from this orchard is a dwarf Ooh. oh boy that is a sexy, oh, sexy boy. fucking dwarf. I see. Um, <laughs> dwarf, dwarf. Oh boy, here we go. Oh yeah, dwarf. I'd like yeah, to fuck. Literally a dwarf. <laughs> he he is. Um, he's got like a fiery red hair, and um, very, very, very muscular. Uh, you can tell because he is not wearing a shirt. It is tied around his waist, and oh. he is. He's got some like jeans on, some boots, um, some leather gloves, and his beard is like braided into this immaculate pattern that kind of almost reminds you of like the tart, like the, the crust of an apple tart. We love this. <laughs> and he kind of like comes down, uh, like carrying like a fucking cauldron full of apples. He's like, hey there, how can I help you all? Oh, you can help me in Hello. many ways. Hello! Yep. <laughs> sure I can, sir. And he kind of like offers you his hand and says, No, I think he... Royari, Royari, I think he takes your hand and kisses the back of it. And says, Mayor... Mayor Jumping Crags, nice to meet you. Royari Sensarnax is my name. Is it going to be that way forever, sir? He pops up from the background. He's like, Vomio. <laughs> He's not fucking paying attention. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Is it gonna stay Royari Sensor next forever, oh, sir? Maybe. Who knows? Oh, fucking god. 
Rory's like twirling their hair. You're with the circus, aren't you? Mm-hmm. Hi. Yes. He kind of looks around and says, Well, I'm looking forward to seeing you guys uh, on your show. Mayor, uh, Mayor Vandy down in Carrick told us that you guys were doing a fine, fine job of um, entertaining the good people of Swartlands. Do I do have to say I am not so? You're not so? Uh, what? Last time we had a circus passing through here, it was months cleaning up after them. What? Forgive me for oh. asking, but what circus? Yes. It happened to be. It's that celestial menagerie. Oh, don't fight. Sit in jail now. They're fucking what? Sit in jail. We put them in jail. Don't fight. They have a history of like malpractice and stuff. They're shitty. Fuck them. Yeah. They're better. <laughs> Very much so. We promise. Oh, your money back. Hold you to it. Right, let's do some uh, paperwork, shall we? Oh, my favorite. Um, so you guys get to work. Um, do you want to buy some, like, uh, like advertisements while you're here? How much sure. do we have in the... Uh, so how much, um, how much money are you willing to put into advertisements this time around? 72 gold. Mm. 40 gold, maybe? Okay. Uh, that would give you <laughs> six anticipation. Good. It's a tier four advertising. So you probably get posters and like maybe uh, maybe like one or two billboards around. Um, maybe just people like mm-hmm. out on the streets handing out flyers, that kind of stuff. Um, mm-hmm. Sound good? Yeah. Yeah, sounds good to me. Sounds sexy. Okay, cool. Um, you tank uh, Mayor Julpin Crags and you are given um, it's a little uh, little land um, a little uh, little patch of uh, land between two sweet smelling apple orchards and a plum orchard that's going to be where you guys are settling uh, just a little bit to the north of town back near that swampy area that you passed through on the way here and uh, yeah you're able to all start heading home and preparing for the week I'm good oh, yeah yeah that's full wonderful sexual so it is Moon Day. That is Fantasy Monday. You have made your way into the Apple Town of Caston Lee, and you are now ready to start putting on the circus. Uh, you get everyone home. Uh, you get start helping stuff get set up. Uh, the Helter Skelter uh, stands proud in the sky like a little tower of fun, beckoning people closer. Madame Miracle, uh, the fortune teller, is also drawing a small crowd of curious travelers. And you are seeing that a lot of the people are very fascinated by the animals that you've got in your show. Bardolf and Mistancer are getting a lot of attention. And so is Leandrus, poor guy. Um, you quickly find out that there's not really many wild animals in this part of uh, the Swordlands, mostly because it's not super hospitable for, like, uh, plainland creatures, which is what most of the Swordlands has. So people here are really excited to see wild animals. <laughs> Um, that being said, you have uh, a week to start getting set up. Uh, what do you guys want to do? Uh, you, as you were walking through the town on, uh, you know, on your way back, you saw that there was a lot of stuff. There's a lot of little taverns that are selling alcohol. 
If any of you wanted to buy some alcohol for the people. Oh, Ariata's got got that in confectionaries on lock. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah? What do you do? That is a good question. How much is beer? Uh, beer costs five gold. All right. Uh, as a reminder, when you um, buy beer, uh, you will... And as a reminder, when you buy beer... Uh, the circus will generate an additional 2d6 anticipation for next show, and tricks with the audience trait gain a plus 2 circumstance bonus. However, the heckler's event is automatically triggered in addition to any other random event rolled. Just kidding, you've got security. <laughs> it's like per keg, right? Uh, each barrel of alcohol will cost you about 5, but you can only buy 5 gold to work per show. Ariato, are you happy to buy that? Yes. Ariata, you bust into the local tavern and uh, you kind of slam down a bag of coins and you're like, give me some, go- give me some beer. And um, I think it is a an elven woman who looks down at you, kind of surprised, and says, well, I'm very sorry, dear, but we don't actually have much beer. Uh, we have lots of cider, though, if you'd like. Pear, apple, whatever you'd like. <laughs> That's good, too. <laughs> okay, Ariato, so if you are going to buy uh, some cider to bring back to the show... Uh, would you like to roll me 2d6, please? All right. And because the people here in Castle Lee are such fans of alcohol, uh, specifically of ciders, you will actually start with a plus 10 to this. So whatever you get, add 10 to it. 17. Ariato, you buy up a nice keg of alcohol and uh, throw it into your little red wagon and uh, wave goodbye to the tavern as you start dragging it away and uh, the people in town, when they hear that not only is there going to be a circus with wild animals, there's going to be a circus with wild animals and cider from one of the best taverns in town, word spreads quickly. Like, even as you're passing in the streets, you hear, like, whispers and mumblings. Um, seems the people here really do like to gossip. Um, as you are passing, though, Ariato, you see something on the way home. There's a toy shop. Damn, bitch. It says, uh, Dr. Fomporium's homemade memembrilia. She blinks. Uh, and you can see that there's like lots of handcrafted toys and dolls in the window. And it looks very cool. I was going to buy confectionaries too, shit. <laughs> <laughs> this is to let you know that you are able to purchase merchandise for your show if you so chose oh. to. Uh, merchandise doesn't really affect the present show you have, but it will allow you to keep a portion of the um, anticipation that you made during this show in the next one. Oh. Meaning you have to spend less time advertising because people are going to remember and people are going to want to, like, they're going to... It's basically free advertising. People see toys and be like, oh shit, what's this stuff? If a guy from Turpin Row were to come true and he saw everyone holding Ariado dolls, he'd be like, huh... And when it, the poster came around, people would be like, oh, they're here now as well. I want an Ariato doll. She rubs her gremlin gay little hands together. Hmm. Uh, wait, does she still have the, uh, the, <laughs> does she still have the cider with her? Yeah. Hmm. I think she window shops for a little bit, but walks off and keeps a note of that and makes, sh- and makes sure, uh, to tell Volio and Rayari about it. All right, Ariato, with that, you return back to the camp with some cider and news of potential uh, toys of yourselves that will make everyone remember you. 
Because they have our faces. Hmm. <laughs> uh, uh, Ariana tells Volio about the dolls, and he's like, Oh, if we could sell it to odd bodies. Can you imagine selling oh my. odd bodies? <laughs> Marketable plushy. Little tiny odd bodies. His face should be everywhere. Face? Maybe. Voice? Oh, you're right. Hmm. <laughs> Your very own talking odd body. Okay. <laughs> we'll talk about the voice later. Um, Royari, what do you want to do today? Um, well, I think maybe more advertisement might be best. Mm-hmm. Um, you have noticed that uh, more and more of your stands have come here. Um, some of them straight up you recognize from Carrick. That is actually kind of insane. They <laughs> came here because they were like, oh, I missed the Matt and Cleve show, but they I heard their next place is Car- uh is. Uh, Cass and Lee. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, do you want to go have a fan meetup? Yeah, sure. <laughs> okay. Um, Royari, you head out to uh, meet the stands. Um, and when you kind of like... Uh, I think what happens is like there's a couple of them hiding out. Like they're kind of like ruffling around a cafe, kind of waiting because they heard uh, like... Like they, they basically got quote, an anonymous tip. Quote, you told someone. Um, yeah <laughs> that you'd be here and they're kind of waiting and you kind of like make your way up uh, do you say anything to them as you like appear uh hello they fucking scream they all go one of them kind of like uh, walks up to you big tears in their eyes and like they kind of like <laughs> Mr. Sansanax okay? you changed my life oh, oh are you okay please don't cry are you alright <laughs> Well, I, they're there. <laughs> I want to be a sword fighter just like you. You can be whatever you want to be, dear. I want to be gay. Uh, you don't really choose to be gay. But, but like, if you are gay, that's wonderful. Another one kind of, like, comes up and they've got a fucking sweater that's knitted to have, like, uh, like something that looks approximately like Hod's poster and says, Roy Arion made Stop. this for you. Oh my goodness. <laughs> that's impressive. <laughs> what the hell? He blushes. He's really happy. Oh my god. Um, <laughs> uh, Roy Ari, you are doing well. Do you want to roll society and have your stands gossip all day about how graceful you were at the meetup? Yeah... Okay, one sec. Let me... Uh, 25. Mm-hmm. That's a okay. society roll, I believe? Yes, okay. Yeah. Then that is Yeah, that's be... 25. Yeah, that's going to be four excitement to your total. Hell yeah. Hell yeah is right. Royari, after like doing this like stuff for a little while, I think eventually uh, one kind of like uh, is like hugging on your shoulder and says... Yeah. By the way, um, I just want to say that you know, if you're looking to recruit people, n- not me. I don't. I don't do anything special. But um, you know, there's apparently a really cool act down um here in Kelsen Lee. It would be really cool if you you know went to talk to him. Oh. See, like um, there's a burial ground not far from here. All um, right. It's called the Hollows. Um. 
there's a lot less burying in the hollows now, since most of funeral duties went to um, this guy, the mayor in Carrick, uh, Mayor Vandy. Mm -hmm. But uh, there is a guy there, um, a Shuni gravedigger. There's not many burials, and he's kind of going out of job, and you know, money's tight. But he's kind of incredible. Um, he's a shuni, and he sings to the dead, and their spirits actually sing back. They sing back. Mm-hmm. That's what the rumors say, at least. Oh, it's it's the, the one dude. That's fascinating. Thank Thanks. you. Yes. I, I think it'd be a really great way to help him out in these tough times. You're right, and I will let my friends know. Thank you. Okay. Um, so, Rhea, is that all you do uh, today? Um, yeah, I think so. Unless there's other stuff that I should be doing. No, no, I think that's it. Volio, uh, what do you do today? I'm going to terrorize a tailor slash seamstress. Oh, um, so evil. Okay. I find the nearest one in town, mm -hmm. and I kind of burst through the fucking door. They fucking yell. I walk up to They're them. Like, ah! I don't say anything <laughs> yet. Um, but I walk up to the counter, and I, I drum my fingers along the counter. I'm like, I need a circus tent. They glance at each other glance back at you and I think one of them who like a half-orc lady kind of like coughs and says alright um how how big very very big half the size of a football field what's football half of it you see uh, they skin a pig and then they put his skin on on a that board that sounds horrible and they slow it what the fuck? I know, right? It's great. And they float across oh the field God. and they yell and they hit each other and they cause brain damage. I don't see what it has to do with size, but we'll try our best, sir. That'll be about 100 gold, I guess. All right, of course. He takes out like a pouch of gold and he just like smacks it on the counter. Their fucking eyes widen. I don't think they expected you to have it on hand. Oh my God. And, and when do you need this for? As soon as fucking possible, I'll pay extra. We probably get done in four days. That's for, that's perfectly fine by you. Okay, you have, like, perfectly it's... fine. Oh, and the colors, mm -hmm. um, purple and gold. Okay, we we can certainly try. Um, you kind of glance at each other and says, "If you bring us a tent to work off, we'll get right to it." Oh yes, I uh, pulled out the fucking circus tent that he already had from his bag of holding. What the fuck? You just had it in there? Yeah. You 100% have to empty out everything else to get it in there. <laughs> yeah. You think that's gonna stop Volio yeah, from doing fair. something yeah. funny? Fair. Well, Volio, you do that. He does it like a little fucking clown trick. He just keeps pulling it out and it just keeps coming. <laughs> Their fucking faces fall. Um, okay. <laughs> Volio, is that everything you do today? Uh, yeah, pretty much. I don't think I do anything else. Okay, well, so far, so good, everyone. Um, you get a good night's sleep, and morning comes, and it is now Toil's Day, Fantasy Tuesday. Um, start from scratch. Royari, it's Toil's Day. The sun is rising, and you have another day where you can do whatever is most beneficial to you. 
Uh, so what do you want to do? Do you want to go explore the town? Do you want to go like uh, talk to your stand some more? Get them to promote the circus? What do you think? I mean, yeah, I think Rory can do that. Talk to your stands, get some rumors and stuff? Yeah. Okay, Royari. In that case, um, I want you to make me a society check as you go out and you interact with your fans. Um, something I think you have noticed by now is that the people here in Caston Lee really love to gossip. Like, really love to. Um, so word is traveling a lot faster than you're even used to, which is great. Uh, you've definitely grown your stanhood here. Oh my god. Uh, so yeah, Romy Society. Let's see how you get. 29. Wonderful. Okay. Uh, well, in that case, uh, you meet up with your stands. Um, you sign a lot of stuff. You sign some books. You sign some posters. You sign someone's uh, chest at some point, which is uh, an experience. And um, I think I want you to roll me a d6 to see what kind of rumor you get. Um, okay. Two. Okay. Um, Royari, I think what you get from that is um, I think people have caught wind of you potentially going to visit Bularu, the dead singer, and they're kind of like chatting like heartily and something you hear actually really interests you um, because one of them says, oh yeah, um, you know, I heard that like not too far from like the hollows, there's this ancient tower. Um, and I was asking like some of the other people around Caston Lee and uh, she said that this tower was once actually used uh, like by a siege that was going to attack Absalom by like dwarves with tons of living statues at every hole. And uh, the, the person she's talking to was like, whoa, really? That sounds terrifying. I mean, it, it didn't work. But uh, it turns out these dwarves didn't actually build the tower. It was there way earlier. Some people even say Aradin himself built it. Whoa, that can't be true, can it? I don't know. Uh, so someone's already been picking up the tourism lore for you, Royari. Ah, oh, thank you. So along with that rumor, Royari, you have gained another four excitement. Hells yeah. Now, Ariato. Mm-hmm. It's a beautiful Tuesday afternoon. Um, Castle Lee is pretty bustling today. Um, markets are busy. People are doing their jobs. And uh, the sky's a little overcast, but it's not like cold or rainy either. Um, so you have the whole day to do what you want to do. And what is it that you want to do? Toy shop. <laughs> All right, Ariato, you make your way down to uh, the shop you saw earlier, uh, Dr. Fumporium's Memum Brillia. Um, and you make your way in and there is a a dwarf, he's got like a tinker's goggle on and he's currently making a little clockwork frog of some sort. Um, he's got a big white fluffy beard and like kind of like a red uh, nose. Um, and he kind of looks up at you blinking a little bit. He's got very nice eyelashes. And he looks up at you and says, oh, oh to what do I owe the honor? You must be Ariato Batty. I've seen you on the posters for uh, the circus. Hi, I was running. You, you do custom stuff, right? But of course, I love making toys for anyone who so requests them. Uh, what can I help you with? Would you be able to make some toys of the people in the circus? I think his eyes light up a little bit and he looks uh, really excited about that. But of course, I would love nothing more than to help fellow bringers of joy bring some more. I'd love to work with you. Oh, 
And um, of course, if uh, this works out well, and he pulls out a card and he hands it to you and says, uh, you can always contact me if you would like more merchandise made for your performances, young lady. Oh. Uh, you look at the card. It is very nice. Um, it looks like one of those old timey, um, like, you know, like the kind of cards you'll find on like toys to prove that they're vintage or whatever. Um, in big embossed letters, it says Dr. Winsdor Miguelis Fumporium. That's definitely not his real fucking name. And he smiles at you and says, uh, just give me what the orders you need and I will get straight to work. Oh, perfect. Now, of course, there comes the issue of payment. Um, how much stuff would you like me to make, Miss, uh, Miss Barty? Ariada puts down 60. His eyes widen a little bit and he's like, oh my. Well, certainly I will get straight to work, ma'am. With the power of magic, I should be able to craft you a good portion of toys in no time. Uh, of course, you must tell me what uh, what kind of things you would like me to make. Uh, if you have any references I could use or designs, I will happily incorporate them. Ariada takes one of her probably three journals and she just puts it down on the table and, and says, this is this is basically everybody. I think he looks like he picks up like the journal and flicks through it and his eyes widen and says, My word, this is a phenomenal sketchbook. Yes, I will absolutely go out of my way to get as much as I can done from this. This is gorgeous, Miss Barty. Of course. I think Bardolph should be a plush. Now, I hope you don't mind, but not all of these will be handmade. Some of them will be reproduced with the power of magic in order to get them out in time for your next performance. Is that all right by you? Hmm, okay. Okay. Um, Volio, it is your turn. Um, what do you do today? It's Toil's Day evening. What's up? Uh, it depends, uh, on KK's answer to this. Did Ariado only tell Mordane that there were people trying to steal? Or was it everyone? Oh, she told everybody. Okay, then Volio wants to talk to Damascus. Okay, uh, well, in that case, um, Damascus is probably in his caravan with um, Gilda, and uh, he is very quietly teaching her, and he's like, all right, now this next section, you're going to want to very carefully put the clove in the beaker. Carefully. He slams the door open. He fucking goes, ah! Uh, like a fucking child, and uh, scatters clothes everywhere, and Gilda's like, my clothes! <laughs> Damascus! He turns to you and he's like, bro, what the hell, man? Oh, I'm so sorry. Were you in the middle of something? And he, like, puts his hands on his face, like, to pretend to be shocked. Bro, I'm in the middle of giving this girl a good education. <laughs> Oh, yes, yes, I almost forgot. Um, would you mind if we stepped out for a second? I have something to discuss with you. Uh, yeah, sure, bro, but I, if I'm letting you know, if, uh, if you're firing me, I am a minotaur and I will, like, probably run loose like a wild animal. Just so you know, bro. Can't keep down the bull, whatever, blah, 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 let's go. So you know about, um, the little, uh, accident we had a few days ago, uh, before we got here? The one that happened in the middle of the night, bro? Yeah, there's not much I could have done about that. I was asleep, you know? Like, my job's to 
take care of the, the circus when, like, the performance is on. I was sleeping, bro. That was my muscle sleep. What about it? I was thinking that we should uh, hire on more um, security. Not that you're doing a bad job, it's just that you are the only security that we have. Uh, the master's kind of scratched to the back of his head and says, I mean, yeah, bro, that makes sense to me. There's not much I can do when I'm not around, you know? Of course, since that is your only flaw. Bro, um, you think I'm otherwise flawless? <laughs> bro, that, that means so much to me coming from you, bro. <laughs> sure. Fucking <Why> himbo. <laughs> You're very lovely, Damascus, yes. Um, but yeah, bro, if you want to hire more security, I mean, like, that's your onus or whatever, you know? My vet? Your onus? Like, uh, the onus is on you? I think it's another word for your funny bone or something, bro. Among Us? No, I said onus, not Nick Jonas or whatever you just said. <laughs> such a big fan. Um, ah, yes. Uh, of course, it is on me to um, uh, uh, find that myself, but I just wanted to let you know that um, you will have a partner soon, at least, or a few. Alright, sounds good to me. I can always use extra help. I'm sure you do. Backhanded. <laughs> well, if you don't mind, I'm gonna go back in, bro, and uh, teach the kid about, you know, clean up clothes and stuff. Oh, yes, of course. Go right ahead. Sorry for the intrusion. All good, bro. Just make sure to knock next time. Of course, bro. The master's ears fall a little bit. And it's like, uh, I don't know, bro. Maybe, maybe don't use the the bro word. It's uh, it sounds kind of weird when you do it, bro. You know, it's cool when I do it, but when you do it, it's uh, you know. What's wrong, bro? You don't like it, bro? It's kind of demeaning, bro. Demeaning? I'm not sure what you mean, bro. You know, bro, I'm just gonna put this behind us, I'm gonna go back in, I'm gonna get back to class. Sound good, bro? I'm sure you will, bro. I'll see you later. Alright, see you around. He goes back in, it's like, alright, so the first lesson in cleaning up clothes. Alright, and that is Toil's Day out of the way. It is now Wheels Day, Fantasy Wednesday, baby. Um, okay. So, Ariato, what do you do today? It's another beautiful day, um... It's a little less cloudy today. Uh, looks like it might be nice weather for the show. What do you do? I think she goes and buys some confectionaries. Okay, confectionary. To remind you of what that does, it gives you an additional 2d6 excitement at the start of the next show. It costs about 15 gold to get a nice big uh, crate full of food and confections. Yep. Alright, um, so Ariato, you go down to a few local restaurants, you organize some deli stuff. Uh, you purchase some sweets, some savories, uh, snacks in general. Um, because this cr uh, place is so excited for the show, this is going to have an extra plus five to it. Um, very nice. This uh, plus has been going down a little bit because, you know, it's getting closer to the show. The initial hype is wearing down, but like, obviously, I'll be it'll be just in time for the show itself. Um, so, yes, roll me 2d6 plus five. 15. Wonderful. Uh, news of your purchase travels around town fast. People hear of the uh, sandwiches and licorices and popped corn that you purchase for the show. And everyone's really excited to go. Some people are already like buying tickets. Popped corn. 
You even got some really fancy new inventions called chilled creams. <laughs> Not chilled creams. Chilled creams. Okay. After making these purchases and putting in these orders, Ariato, uh, you stock up Meccano the Mechanical Carney and uh, get the show ready to sell some lovely foods on the day. <laughs> so, Royari, uh, what do you want to do today? It's Oats Day. You got much... Not really much else to do. Um, the fans are kind of taking care of the advertising, and by now you've purchased everything you really wanted to. Um, you could just like chill out until the show, unless you want to do something else. What if we go to the Hollows? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a sexy idea. Yeah, I can do that. Rayari, um, it's like the what day is this? It is currently Wheels Day. That is Fantasy Wednesday. Rari sort of hums while they're like eating breakfast, probably. Um, and it's like, um, guys, I have perhaps a little bit of an adventure idea. Yes? Well, it's, it's maybe not like an adventure adventure, but it is, um. Friendly little trip? Yes. No, I'm always down for those. There's a shuni living out in the hollows, which is where they used to bury people. Um, and we may want to go and... If I'm right, it's somebody that we'd be able to recruit. Oh, I think I remember that. Didn't we get a tip from the mm. other shunis? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes, it's that guy, yes. <gasps> It's a singing one. Oh, I hope he has a sweet, deep, baritone voice. I'm so excited. <laughs> what are you going to do when he's a soprano? Mm, cry, maybe. Or a tenor. Oh. <laughs> I'd fucking abandon him there. Oh my god. But I'm okay going. I would love to see him. Okay. Um, you guys probably know to wait until the evening to go down. Um, the thing about gravekeepers on Galarian is that they don't have the same responsibilities necessarily as they would on our world, uh, mostly because they have to be up all night rather than during the day, just in the event <laughs> that, you know, sometimes the dead start to rise. Fair. Yeah. <laughs> One of them tries to come up out of the grave and he takes his shovel and fucking whacks a molson. Literally, yes, that's part of their responsibility. No! That's so fucking funny. That is so fucked up. That is so fucked it's up. Hilarious. Makes me want to make a grave digger character. <laughs> oh my god. Eventually, you find your way to the hollows. The road passes through a swampy lowland between the hills and the plains here. It's muddy and furrowed from years of traffic on its soft surface, and standing water forms puddles into ruts. Willows grow profusely in this area, and between them and the stony outcrops of the rising hills to the north and west, there is a shadowy, close quality to the air, unlike the bright open feeling of the rest of the Swartlands. It's as if you've taken a step away from the sunlit fields and villages, into a darker and more remote land altogether. The road parallels an iron fence along its north side, where the ground rises to a large hillock covered in willows. Spread out in the gloom beneath these trees are limestone and marble tombstone. 
An open gate in defence bears an elaborate wrought iron arch bearing the words Caston Lee Hollow Burying Ground. A track branches off and climbs the hill among the trees. And you hear piercing the air a mournful song full of whistling that comes from the darkness. What do you guys do? I mean, if he's still singing, I think Folio just kind of like sits there for a while and listens. It's pretty. Like, he's he's like kind of stunned by it. So he just kind of like takes a seat. Mm-hmm. Puts everything down. Just listens. Is Rare doesn't want to like Um, she doesn't want to interrupt something like that. Um, so I think she that, that he waits a little bit. Um, and he's like, well, I think it was worth coming here. Oh, absolutely. He has the voice of an angel. You're right. We need to beg him. Okay, bagging sounds like kidnapping, which we are not doing. <laughs> Consentingly. Okay. Yes, sure. I won't even argue that. <laughs> are you guys going to go in and talk to this Shuni who apparently can sing to g- 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 ghosts? Um, yeah. I think that Rayari, um... Waits until there's like a like a lull, I guess. Like they don't want to, they don't want to come in in the middle of something like that. Yeah, like you wait until the cor- like the climax is like starting to come off towards the end of the song. Mm-hmm. Um, well, he was clapping quietly. <laughs> uh, you follow a little sidetrack into the burying ground and find the shuni hard at work digging a grave on the gentle slope of the hill and crooning a melancholy song that is both haunting and heart-wrenching to hear. The shadows of the looming Selwyn Hills and surrounding willows creates a dim grotto where he works, and there are lights dancing around him in circles in the gloaming. There's lots of them, like a swarm. And then you realize it, it is a swarm. These aren't ghosts. They're fireflies. Oh. Oh. Um, and as he is singing, I think he kind of stops and he glances and he sees you all. And when he sees you all, the fireflies just vanish. Like they oh. flicker away very quickly. Hi. Oh, no. Uh, apologies for bothering you. Um, I think he kind of stops and says, I'm sure you're not bothering me whatsoever. Hello. Uh, Can I help yous? You're a fair bit away from everywhere else. Yes, we are. We actually came... You're not lost, I assume, Arius. No, we actually came... No, we are exactly where we want to be. Yes, we came to... ask you... or perhaps rather... Offer you a job in the circus. I think he pauses and says, Sure, what do you see as have a, for a grave digger at your circus? 
Well, you're not just a grave digger, I'm, are you? I'm, you're beautiful at singing. I'm sorry, we haven't been properly introduced, have we? Uh, I'm Bularu, the dead singer. Rari Sansarnax. Voliovia. I'm Ariado. He kind of pauses and says... He kind of... He seems a little, like, surprised by this offer and says... As much as I appreciate it, lads, I, I really do. It's just... And I think as um, he's in the middle of talking, suddenly he is... Uh, you hear, like, a creaking noise. Mm-hmm. And you see uh, the gates are swinging open to show a person entering. Oh. Mm-hmm. It is a half-elf. Uh, she is wearing plate mail adorned with blood-red ribbons. Um, she's got a burn on her left cheek, and uh, she has very short, dark blue hair. Um... She is riding on a horse. It's a brown Clydesdale with like white spots. And uh, mm-hmm. you see that she has a really big shield with the symbol of uh, a spiral kind of going around uh, infinitely, um, which is the symbol of Phrasma, the goddess of yeah. the dead and the afterlife. Um, in her on her belt, you see that she has her weapon, uh, which is an embalming dagger. And uh, the horse here is pulling a hearse. Mm. Mm. Looks like they are going to be burying someone, which is why Bularu here was digging. Mm. Um, Did we come at a bedtime? I think um, Bularu kind of like barks out and is like, Silixi over here, we've got some grass we do. And uh, Silixi says, fucking nothing. She kind of like stares at you all for a moment, all ominous-like as she steps off and she looks at you. She looks back at Bularu and Bularu is like, ah yeah, they don't mean no harm. Uh, They're actually here to talk to me about prospects and perhaps uh, help with some stuff that's been going on lately. Um, Sure, look, we've got someone to bury is all. Uh, You can happily stay to, you know, she's no one else to bury her. Or kid. A kid? You see, when he says kid, yeah, you actually notice that the her like the hearse, the coffin in it, is Ooh. a small one. Mm. How old was she? She wasn't a young one or anything, no, but uh, she was still too young to go. But Sherlock, it can happen to anyone. Oh, goodness. That's very... We can all go at any time if we're not careful. Oh, I know. Um, (laughs) Come here. Uh, I think this Silixi person, the half-elf champion, she can't... She is not saying anything. And I think Mm -hmm. eventually she, like, looks at you and she starts signing at you. Oh, I'm so sorry I don't know sign. She kind of like exhales and uh, Bulru looks over his shoulder as he's like getting his coffin in position. And says, oh, she's just saying hello. Um, Silixi here, she's um, my erstwhile companion for a while. She's um, she, she's got a couple of refugee friends. Mm. Refugee friends? Yeah, people who are displaced by the uh, tyrant's grasp. Oh, 
you yes, you guys are aware that the tyrant's grasp, um, the whispering tyrant who has been the gossip of a lot of affairs and tried to invade Absalom uh, very recently, kind of magic nuked a good bit of area around Absalom. And uh, he was destroyed by some adventurers, but his hand still kind of there, like just this lich hand grasping the earth in the middle of a nuclear create, uh, crater. Um, people don't really know what that whole thing was. Whispers of the radiant fire being this magic bomb that like could basically detonate in a huge radius in a like echo of necrotic and positive energy that would just kill and mutate anything in its path. It's literally a fancy nuclear bomb and these people are refugees the burn mark on her left cheek tells you that much. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sure. She was one of the lucky ones. Her wife. I am so sorry. Well, her wife didn't die. That's what you should be sorry for. Oh. Larry is like... <laughs> sometimes... What's it very old? In a world where necromancy exists and necromantic nukes exist, dying is not the worst thing that can happen. Um, he kind of grunts. As, that being said, let's uh, let's move from one macabre topic to the other. And yes, yes, of course. Single plane coffin. It's a lighter disc. The single plane coffin is kind of moved over, and uh, Bulleru, uh kind of stands over this coffin with uh, Silixi, and kind of like like exhales and says Anila you were you're a character everyone knows you were a bit rough around the edges and your com- the companions you kept weren't always the best goodness knows you got into all sorts of trouble I've had my own chicken stolen by you and houses knocked over that sort of thing but you weren't bad. You were just a lady that was abandoned by her parents and abandoned by anyone who would help you. Sure, you can't be blamed for turning out the way you did. I'm so sorry that this is how it ended for you. You were gone too quickly, knowing your age should be passing, but here's hoping that Phrasma has a place for you in the boneyard. And he kind of bows his head a little bit. And, uh... Silixi kind of, like, um... Like, makes a few signs of blessing. And there's a moment of quiet, I think. As, uh, Bularu opens up the coffin. And, um... He says... And Sherlock will put a poppy in your pocket. A gift to bring to the Lady of the Graves herself, in hopes that she gives you mercy in wherever she ends up sending your soul. And as he opens that coffin to put a uh, poppy in this kid's pocket, Ariato, you see her face. And it's one you recognize. It's that little girl. The one that you terrified only, like, less than a week ago. It's the girl that 
was painting go-home freaks on your wagon. It's the girl who was painting go-home freaks on your wagon. She's dead. What the fuck? Are you okay? What's wrong? I'll tell you, I'll tell you later. Not here. Okay. Is there like an apparent uh, cause of death? None whatsoever. She has no injuries. She looks perfectly healthy, but she's dead. Do you know what happens to her? She's very young. Dunno. Sunday she was grand. Moonday she fell ill. Toils day she got worse. And Oats Day, she died. He looks at Royari and Ariado. Has there been anyone else that has experienced that recently? I'd say more than you might reckon. I've buried less than I normally would here. But so many bodies go up to Vandy, but so many don't. Sometimes people are just abandoned. Skeletons joining the bog. People left to be buried in the sun, out on the plains. Not everyone has the money or the facilities to be sent up to Carrick for burial. Jesus, I'd say only about 70% of them do. For every debt in Carrick. There's some more out here that just don't go noticed. Uh, thank you. I think once she's being, like, once she's buried, you guys have a few moments to take that in. Um, he kind of turns to you. And he says, Would you like to come in for a cup of, a cup of stew? Um, I've, I'd like to discuss with you some stuff, but, uh, I don't think I want to do out here. So, sure, of course. Would you like? To, and as he's saying this, of course, my little angel of music, I'll come in. As he's saying this, suddenly there's a shriek. Oh shit! And oh boy! Kind of looks off into the distance, and he like his ears kind of prick, and his tail stops wagging. Um, Selixi looks as well, and uh, draws her dagger. And you mm-hmm. see that there's some lights off in the darkness. They look like torches, uh, and they're moving very quickly, like, away from the graveyard. You can count five of them. Huh. And Selixi kind of looks back at um, Buluru and starts signing very quickly. And um, Buluru gasps a little bit and um, grunts and says, Feckin' hell, I hope that's not any of the refugees. Lads, look, we need to go check in on the... Um, Who's missing? We have to do a head count. You can. You look like adventurers. Can you think you can handle that? Oh yeah, very uh, much. Yes, so. of course. Okay. I have searchlights built in, and he blinks, and he turns on his fucking <laughs> floodlights. Okay. Oh, thank God. Uh, Volu, you flash your headlights on, and uh, do you head on to the, out into the woods outside the graveyard to go see who's being hurt? Yeah, he marches right on, taking really, really big, goofy steps. Okay, Ariato, do you as well? Uh, yeah, she turns to the other, to, uh, the Shuni and the champion. She says, you two stay safe. We'll be right back. 
Royari, you are left. No dark vision. Royari pulls out their stupid fucking torch and is like, I fucking hate every single one of these non-human assholes. That stupid dark vision. <laughs> Royari, uh, you jump like to your feet and like make your way into the darkness. It's really creepy. Now is not a good time to be afraid of the dark. No, it is not. Um, you hear that like cry for help again, and Ariato and Vulia have like gone a little bit further in, but you think you can hear a little bit closer to where you are. Oh, great! Uh, you call out to them. Hello. Royar, you then see those five lights. They're very close now in the darkness and they duck behind a tree all at once. I don't like that. Well, I really don't You like hear that cry for help and it's coming from the behind the tree and it sounds a little less genuine than before. Volio! <laughs> Ariato! Oh, Mary calls out, like trying to get their attention. They're probably on their way. Can they hear her? Riari back away a little bit. Riari, you back right into something else. Riari turns around. And Riari, you look up. Oh my god. Um. Riari. The thing that you're looking up at is lean. Um, it's like hairy, like a very matted fur all over its body, and lanky. Um, it looks like a human, but only in the way that a Picasso painting looks like a human. Um, the proportions are all wrong. Um, it's got mm -hmm. horns coming out of its head and bulbous black eyes, but its nose is very long. Um, it's face is gaunt um, its legs are shorter than they should be its torso is longer than it should be and its arms are long and twisted and on one of its hands it's got one candlestick of wax on each finger burning endlessly and the flickering light casts a dramatic shadow on this creature's hillid like this creature's hideous trollish visage as it leans forward directly at you, Royari, and says, Boo. That's fucking horrifying. <laughs> Royari screams. Just your shriek. Okay, Royari, Volio and Ariadne, you definitely heard that. Yeah. Uh, do you make your way over? Absolutely. Okay, uh, you guys come over. Uh, holy shit, you see that? I, like, you're still running towards it. Royari's right up at this grill, though. Um, Volio and Ariato, do you want to make me a nature check? Nature, oh boy. Yeah. Uh... Nine. That's a vampire. <laughs> <laughs> Not a vampire. It's a vampire, uh, look out. <laughs> That's... 22. Ariato. You know what this thing is. Uh-huh. This is a Yaganti. Um, they're a creature. Um, mm -hmm. 
and what you know is that the stories about them follow a common formula. A wayward pedestrian traveling at night and usually in the forest follows distant lights with the hope that the light belongs to a fellow wayfarer, only to come face to face with a gangly monster. The story ends in one of three ways. The traveler appeals to the Aganti with a gift of gold. Uh, the exact sum varies wildly, so there's no way to know how much. Uh, mm-hmm. The Aganti offers the lost traveler five candles in simple charity so that the light might guide them home. Or, what seems to be happening here, the Aganti tries to slay the traveler over some incomprehensible transgression. Usually, just trespassing on its woods. Oh, oh. Ew. Oh, they're in a forest, fuck. <laughs> and as you guys, uh, as Royari, you stare up at this thing, which uh, is delighting in your terror and looming over you. Uh, you're going to have to pull your sword out and get ready to fight real fast, because otherwise, you're going to be another fable about the Aganti real fast. This episode of Dice Roll would not have been possible without the support of our Patreon supporters. Coach McHorse, Daniel McElduff, Black Dragon, Ava, Chris Lutman, Rem T. Bright, Lonesome Chunk, Rick Jones, Casper, Steph, Emlyn, Cone Without Name, Sean C., Skyly Peep, Natasha Lumley, Rhiannon C., Elizabeth, Jenna Mitchell, James R., Kane Kendrick, Don Bewley, Sky Evangeline, Mel Eeyore, Tesla Et, Triceratops, Grey Kitsune, Jolene, Anna Maria, Felicia, Roxy, Sonia, Jordan, Cynical Spinstress, Casey Corn, Emlyn Aderna, John the Bookhorder, SS66 Seeker, Leon, Lynx, Dame Valerie the Third, and Sierra. If you want us to keep it rolling, check us out at www.patreon.com slash dicewillroll and see what you can get for your support. Be gay. Roll dice. An LGBTQIA actual play podcast network. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you 
you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full important safety information, visit juviderm.com.